Welcome to Fresh Press for March 10th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show where we talk about music, new tunes, and I'm sorry, I was going to fake cough here, but I actually kind of feel like coughing, so I... Go for the real cough. No, that's even better. Well, no, I don't want to cough. Well, why not? Because I don't want to admit that that I maybe have the coronavirus. What? Coronavirus? Andrew, I was thinking about this. Should we really be doing a theme about the pandemic that's taking over the world? Um, we'll see. We'll see by uh, tomorrow night if this seems like a good idea or if or if it's in bad taste. Yeah, this may age very poorly, folks. But our theme this week is: Did we decide it's contagion? Yeah, that's Whatever. just because that's that's a cool word. I think is why I picked that one. It is absolutely a cool word. Everybody should think how cool the word contagion is and not get any of it because <laughs> this virus is deadly. So please take care of yourself in this time. Drink lots of fluids. Don't touch your face. You know the deal. Um, Andrew, I thought that maybe we would just run through a few pandemics. Just talk about a few of them. How does that sound? Sounds great. So... Um, one of the earliest recorded epidemics in history is uh, the Plague of Athens, which uh, ran from 430 to 426 BC, which uh, ended up killing a quarter of Athenian troops during the Peloponnesian War um, and actually destroyed the city of Athens, pretty much. So that's good. Um, what else? Oh, Black Death. Heard of it. 1331 to 1353. The Bubonic Plague. Which still exists, actually, and in uh, somewhat larger numbers on my side of the country. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, um, one of my college professors was always like, yeah, you know, growing up, you just, like, spend a day outside. You come back, like, ah, shit, I got the bubonic plague. And then you just go get some penicillin, and then you're better. It is remarkable what modern medicine has done. Uh, and then we have the Spanish flu, which ran post-World War One. That one killed a lot of people. They estimate up to 100 million people died from the Spanish flu. Damn. And now coronavirus, uh, 2020 to hopefully just the next few months, but we'll see. They might cancel the Olympics. They've canceled a lot of things already. South by Southwest is over. Speaking of important musical things, they yeah. canceled South by Southwest. Uh, and... So if you want to support the city of Austin and the artists who live there, please do so in a responsible way. You got a plague-related song? I do. Contagion-related, uh, I guess. A contagion-related song. Well, it is also a plague-related song. My song that I have brought is entitled Bubonic Groove, and it is by Antoine Fafald. Now Antoine Fafard is a um You cannot you cannot pronounce that the, the whole way this whole podcast. Is it's a Canadian uh bassist. I believe he's based out of the UK now, but he's Canadian born. This song uh is maybe not what you would have expected me to choose for this week or for this podcast, but it's fucking it's it's fucking good. It's groovy. 
it does live up to its name. Yeah, it's a fucking groove. As I said, Antoine Fafal is a bassist, so the bass is pretty is pretty fucking sweet in this in this song. Um, but it's also not like necessarily always the the foreground, which I appreciate. Um, like there's some really there's some really really great bass licks in here, which I will definitely play some. Um, but the other musicians on the track also get a time to shine, which is nice. I don't know any of their names, but I imagine um, they have them. Yeah, the guitarist in particular takes a fairly prominent role on bu- bubonic bubonic groove. I um, don't know how to say it, so I was I sort of ran through it quickly and then was hoping we wouldn't have to say it again. All right, well, on this grooving song by I can't pronounce French, so I'm not even gonna bother. It's Antoine um, Fafald. Right. Uh, the guitarist reminds me a little bit of Joe Satriani. Did you ever listen to any of his music? I literally only listened to that one song when he sued Coldplay, and that was it. Oh, yeah, because it sounds a lot like Viva La Vida. I think he had a legitimate case, but... I think he sort of does. I mean, yes, but in the way that songs sound like other songs. Sure. I mean, whatever. I think they settled, probably. I'm sure they did, but I just feel like I don't think it was that... From a musical standpoint, I don't think it was like this, this crazy thing that could never be replicated in a parallel way you know yes i do know i agree um but the guitar line so satriani is a very talented technical guitarist although i don't think his music is particularly compelling if that makes sense you prefer viva la vida i do prefer viva la vida as both a track and an album um i probably prefer all of coldplay um oh that's a road we don't want to go down again i prefer the first four coldplay albums um so he has these big soaring lines in his song um like these big like bow which is very much true with the guitarist in bubonic groove This song also sounds like it should be like the ending triumphant song to a video game. Mm, like you mean like over the credits or like in the boss battle? Um, it could be in the boss battle, but it seems like, you know, like you finish the game and then you get to soar through the air and like troll the character and go all over the world mm, in the kind yeah. of way. Like when you win a weight racing game or something like that. Like maybe was it Kirby's Air Ride? I don't remember. The kind of that's the kind of vibes I. This get. gives you. You're saying this gives you a Kirby kind of vibe. This is what you're saying. This sounds like Kirby to you. That's not what I'm saying, but let's roll with it. Do you have something against that? Um, I mean, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make me think of Kirby. If I'm thinking of, if I'm trying to think of like a a video game protagonist that this song makes me think of, I don't think Kirby is where I would go. Where will where? Where would you go? I don't know that I'd go Nintendo in general. More Xbox? More Microsoft? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say I'm thinking of our friend our friend John Master Chief, but I may be thinking of John Master Chief. Halo, then. Yeah. John Halo Master Chief. That's his full name. Oh, 
my god, this is such a bad joke. <laughs> uh, sure, but you hear the video game notes, right? Yes, yes, I certainly hear the video game notes. The song in total has a normal meter, which is like how you how you would count it. So just being like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and you, it's like it's it's he's in fours, but uh, for some parts of the song he takes those fours and splits it up in a weird way. So he has like a do 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 so he has like one two three four five six seven one two three four five one two three four five six seven one two three four five and like the emphasis of it breaks it up in a weird way. Right. And then he has another part of the song which does it more the rhythm, the meter of that of that four a little more a little more straightforward and the emphases of that uh, follows like what you would expect. And then he uh puts the two together so you have that 7 plus 5 in I believe the bass part uh but you still have that like those straight fours in the drums so the two sort of come together and you can You've heard both of them before, so it's sort of synthesized. Yeah, it's a notion, I think, taken primarily from, like, prog rock. Yeah, it's either a prog rock influence or, like, uh, medieval music. One of the two. Well, that there you go. Bubonic groove. Medieval. <laughs> exactly. There we, we found it. Perfect. Anyway, that's Antoine Fafard. Uh, what uh, contagious tune do you have for me, Gabe? This is Virus by Björk from her record Biophilia. Like a virus leads a body as tissue So Björk, or please Bjork. stop saying Björk. <laughs> Everybody calls her Björk, even though it is definitely Björk because there's an umlaut over the O. Her last name is Icelandic, so I'm gonna try it. <laughs> Björk Icelandic. Guthman's daughter. Um, she's from Iceland. Her dad's name's Guthman. So this is her seventh record. Um, she is, I think, pretty well known, Andrew. I don't think this is a yeah, this is like you're only sort of allowed to do this one. Yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people are like aware of Bjork, but don't actually listen to her music. That's my running theory, because I was very aware of Bjork, but don't really listen to her music. <laughs> oh, okay. So maybe I'm just projecting. Um, yeah. Uh, this She did a pretty cool rollout for this album, you know, because it was 2011 and everybody was really still into smartphones and apps back then. So she released an app for every song on the record. Ugh, that sounds like such a pain. Definitely. Very Bjork thing to do, and also very 2011 thing to do. You know, like, remember Arcade Fire's, like, insert yourself into Google Maps thing? No. Or... Never mind. It was cool. 
I don't really have a lot of biographical notes. She has a very extensive Wikipedia page if you want to look her up. She's quite famous, has won many awards, is great, should listen to her music. This record Swan in general, dress. Right, Swan Dress. Um, this record in general is about the relationship between, you know, like nature and technology and earth and humanity's representation of that. And this song, Virus, fits in quite nicely with that theme. The lyrics of the song, I think, are broadly parallels of a virus and its host, codependence. Um, but also, this should very be much be read as maybe like a love note or like a creepy love note where like I am attached to you in a weird way. Yeah. Um, and I think it can also be read reasonably as a reaction to humanity's relationship with the earth, thus fitting in with the rest of her record. I think that's one of the great things about Bjork is that like you can just listen to her and just be like really thrilled by how weird and cool all of her music is from a musical standpoint. Like this song, like the instrumentation is like creepy and her voice, she just has such control over it and uses it in such nice ways. But then also like the lyrics are actually, actually mean something and she has something to say. Right. A cool note about the instrumentation for the song is that all of the instruments are percussion with the exception of Bjork's voice. But isn't a voice just percussion? No, it's not. Okay. Um, but I like the interplay between the more long and drawn out notes of her singing compared to the scattered rhythms of the instrumentation the percussion will drop out at points to really emphasize her voice or come back in. And then in the chorus, you have these like overlay of many different voices, all of which are Bjork's voices um, running over each other. Just a cool contrast. So as you spend your next week vigorously washing your hands with soap and warm water for at least 20 seconds, hopefully you'll get to listen to some of the wonderful new music that's been released. It might be the last music that's new that's released ever. Music has been canceled. Turns out you can get coronavirus through your ears, so we're all fucked. Actually, probably don't share headphones with people, or earbuds at least. Yeah, don't definitely don't share earbuds, but honestly, that's kind of gross anyway. You gotta do what you gotta do. What? Wait, are you saying what is? What does that mean? Is that in support of sharing headphones? Might be. Listen, uh, if that's what you gotta do, who are we to judge? Andrew, did you bring a? Did you bring any new music so that our listeners can get through this week of isolation where they aren't allowed to go anywhere because of the virus? Yes, I did. That's great. I have brought a song entitled What's It Take by a band 
named Snarls. Snarls is a band from Columbus, Ohio, and this is their uh, first uh, full-length album. Well, they weren't like on my radar as stuff that was coming out this week, but uh, I saw a tweet from the, a writer I follow named Hanif Abdurakib, who is uh, from Columbus. Uh, he's a poet and he's a writer, but he also he writes a lot about music. He just like came out with a book about uh, a tribe called Quest, which is pretty cool. He tweeted out, it was like this is like one of easily one of my top debut albums of 2020 which now thinking about it is not that much of an endorsement <laughs> it's still only march yeah but regardless this album's really good um and i highly recommend it i and i thank hanif for recommending it to me directly with his tweet to all of his followers of which i am one um this is like some good sparkly indie emo rock like, I don't think it's particularly unique, but it seems extremely well executed, which is worthy of praise in and of itself. Yeah, I think it's it's really, really excellently put together. And I think you should listen to the whole album because there's a lot of, um, I mean, it can probably all fit into that larger category that you mentioned, but there's a lot of variation in in tone uh, throughout the tracks of this album. So there's some more like hardcore songs. There's some much darker songs like less less glittery or sparkly whatever you said um but uh i would re- just really love this track because in part because there's a lot of variation within this track itself um it's only four minutes long but i i really feel like it's longer than that yeah but in a good way yes I love the the guitar sound at the very beginning. That was one of the things that made me choose this song over a couple other songs that I was thinking about on this album. Is I was listening to each of them, um, and just whenever this song would start, I'd just be like, mm, yeah, yes, 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 yes. That's a great reason to choose a song. The guitars are amazing. I'm always falling for indie songs with. Like kind of the slightly reverb heavy plucked treble range guitars. <laughs> you know, that seems very specific, but like there's a lot of guitar lines that kind of fall into that specific uh category, I guess. And um Snarls executes very well. Yeah. Great production on the guitars. Great Definitely. Mixing. So I love that first half of the song, and then it uh, goes into this big climax of the repeated line, so what's it take to be touched by you? And it gets, uh, I think, like a lot more intense, and it's it's so fucking good. It's great. And I, I'm just impressed that because I think I started listening to this album and sort of expected it to be um, good, but but nothing particularly interesting, nothing that like took it to the next level. 
and even at the, at the beginning of the song, I was like, this is a really solid song, and I really like how the guitars sound. I like the the lyrics and stuff. Um, but the way it uh, cuts into that climax, I think, really kicks it up a notch, like Emerald would say. And now for something very different. Gabe, what's what's your new song for the week? Okay, this is um, from Riz Ahmed's record, The Long Goodbye, uh, Toba Tech Sing. She wanna kick me out, but I'm still locked in. What's my fucking name? Now, did he write this before or after Forrest Whitaker's scary land octopus messed up his brain? Great Star Wars reference there, Andrew. You really stole the show with that one. I was going to do a whole bit about Rogue One. I wasn't, but it's important to note. Ahmed is one of, it feels like a whole generation of very talented rappers and actors. I feel like we keep running into this theme, um, but yes, he is. He plays uh, Bodhi in Rogue One, and he also, I guess, has gotten some critical acclaim for his roles in Nightcrawler and in Girls, and has been generally blowing up for like the last five years. Um, what's that? What's that? Uh, it was like a BBC series that my parents loved. Is that not Girls? No, it's not Girls. Uh, it's the night of. I'm sorry. It's an HBO miniseries. The night of. Uh, well, see, if you'd said HBO, I would have known. Fuck off. Maybe it's also BBC though. They do some collaborations. Um, he is from Wembley in London. I just never believed that that's a real place. Wembley, and not just like a a a word that people used to make fun of England. It's literally the name. Oh, of one I'm of the from stadiums. Wembley. I mean, I know, I know it is. It's just so silly sounding. That's no look. This is why people make fun of the British because all of their names sound ridiculous. Like okay, I guess you're right. It's a chicken egg sort of situation. Um, he started making music. Well, he did some solo stuff. I gather early of like mixtapes, and then he collaborated as part of a duo with the Sweatshop Boys. And then this record, The Long Goodbye, I guess is really his second studio album that he's done solo. And it's kind of a cool idea. Basically, The Long Goodbye is a breakup record with Britain. We're finally doing that Brexit theme that Gabe's wanted the entire time we've been doing this podcast. Well, it's only sort of about Brexit, and maybe some jabs are thrown in at the end. Um, It's about kind of the whole idea of rising British racism and nationalism, and obviously this applies quite strongly to the United States as well. Um, The first thing I want to talk about before we get to the song is the album itself um, is fairly short. It's only like a half hour. um, And it comes paired with an 11-minute 
short film, which is available on YouTube and which I hope we'll link in the show notes. That is fairly powerful and shows Ahmed with a a Pakistani British family um, celebrating or getting ready to celebrate in their home in probably somewhere like probably like Wembley in London um, when a white nationalist group breaks into their home and well I'll, you should watch the rest of the film but it's extremely powerful and it's backed with music from this album The Long Goodbye and then it ends with a soliloquy of um, one of the songs on the album not with with no production underneath so yes, please check that out. It's only yeah, only like ten minutes and worth your time. He's very talented rapper, um, and he's very forceful, and it sounds. A lot of his rapping sounds more in the vein of um, slam poetry, I think is how we would think of it in the United States, as opposed to like American-style hip-hop. It's much more uh, like the UK brand of rap than yeah, right, uh, like the United States style. Um, and the whole album has really interesting constructs inside it. There are all these voicemail interludes, and he has some crazy people come in and do these interludes like there's a 30 second thing from Marshala Ali and oh, from Hassan Minaj and others um, so not uh, not short on star power this song in particular Toba Tech Sing is broadly about the same idea um, and you can see Ahmed's use of the idea of the breakup album as a base for this particular song. In fact, he refers to the United Kingdom as Britney, uh, as an actual like, <laughs> anthropomorphization of Britain. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And um, the name of this song, Toba Texting, is taken from uh, a short story by Sadat Hassan Manto. Um, he wrote this story of the same name in 1959. Uh, excuse, excuse me. He wrote the this. He wrote the story of the same name in 1955 about the partition of India and Pakistan, um, which was extremely violent and um, with lots of religious and sectarian violence, and emphasized the absurdity and the idea of being stuck in no man's land between the two sides like being from a town on one side but part of the religion of the other side which happened to many many people um and then ahmed weaves the ideas of the short story into the lyrics of the song itself um for instance at the end of the song uh well not sorry at the end of the first verse he says left me in no man's land Britannia's a bitch and that is the idea of no man's land is specifically referencing this short story talking shit in the papers about me truth is you ain't shit without me you took my diary told me go Saudi and now you want to take my passport allow me come to chill babe I changed my name I got my beard shaved raise the white flag try to squish the beef your same white flag is trying to build is very alienating one thing he talks about a couple times in the record is the idea of tea being this very British thing. Everybody knows 
the English love a cuppa, right? But tea is not from England. In fact, a lot of it originates in India and Pakistan. So the idea of, hey, you've taken this thing that is mine and made it your own, and now you want to get rid of me and make me leave your country. And then the Brexit jab comes kind of at the end of the record um, in the song Karma and the preceding voicemail interlude, where Ahmed is pointing out that Britain is getting what it's coming to it with the failures and the economic turmoil that's going to surround Brexit and this idea of rising British nationalism will inevitably damage the country. Hmm. And of course, we can see all of this in the United States as well. Nazi flags appearing at political rallies, the ongoing white supremacist of the Trump administration using the theme of this episode, the virus, as a means of rejecting people and probably continuing to do so and shutting people out and closing down borders. I, I find the entire album very powerfully illuminating that way and spoken and wrapped very strongly. Any other new music that you wanted to point out this week, Andrew? Uh, there's a couple things that I really enjoyed. There's a cool album from that woman from I'm With Her who has an Irish first name that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, so check that out. Just do some Googling to figure out what her name is and do that. <laughs> um, there's a really nice album from Nadia Reed. Um, that's R-E-I-D, Out of My Province, which is a nice little like sort of countryish indie record. And a very cool uh instrumental album from panther du prince who is mostly known as like a dj sort of like a an edm kind of guy or like eh, not necessarily edm more like um just electronic music of varying variety of varying varieties is what i was about to say of varying genres beautifully spoken but this album is mostly real instruments and it's really cool it's sort of like mostly real instruments plus a little bit of uh like beats and stuff uh it's great it's called conference of trees you should check it out i also wanted to point out a record from jose james no beginning no end two which features uh on i think the first song on the track uh or on the album the first track on the album christian scott atunde ajwa who is mm -hmm. my favorite current uh like jazz crossover trumpet player he is amazing um, and the whole record is fun and has lots of good features on it from kind of that crowd. And also another record from Swamp Dog yeah. called Sorry You Couldn't Make It, which opens with a collaboration with Jenny Lewis and a friend of the pod, Justin Vernon. <laughs> that concludes our show for the week. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're staying healthy in hail. Any final messages for our listeners, Andrew? Um, just remember to wash your hands. And if you're someone who needs a reminder to wash your hands, maybe just stay home for a couple months. Also, people, face masks don't work. Don't bother. You're not helping it. You're just causing shortage for medical professionals who actually need them. Stop buying face masks. Yeah. Um, if you're voting today, go vote. Michigan people, go vote. Um, otherwise, you should follow us on Twitter 
Actually, even if you're voting, you should follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Fresh Press Pod. Uh, we have a Spotify playlist with said music from this said podcast. You can find us next week on March 17th with another episode of Fresh Pressed. Oh, shit. That's um, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, shit. Guess what our theme might be. Um, my name's Gabe. My name's Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Pressed. <coughs> 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 <coughs>